So, Bible in a Year, week 35, day 239, we continue through Jeremiah, um, a couple of chapters, and then also Ezekiel. But we begin today at Jeremiah chapter 46, and read from 13 to 28. This is the word the Lord spoke to Jeremiah the prophet about the coming of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, to defeat the land of Egypt. Announce it in Egypt, and proclaim it in Migdol, proclaim it in Memphis, and in Taphanes. Say, take positions, prepare yourself, for the sword devours all around you. Why have your strong ones been swept away? Each has not stood, for the Lord has thrust him down. He continues to stumble. Indeed, each falls over the other. They say, get up, let's return to our people and to the land of our birth, away from the sword that oppresses. There they will cry out, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, was all noise. He let the opportune moment pass. As I live... This is the Lord's declaration, the Lord of hosts is his name. He will come like Tabor among the mountains and like Carmel by the sea. Pack your bags for exile, inhabitant of daughter Egypt, for Memphis will become a desolation, uninhabited ruins. Egypt is a beautiful young cow, but a horsefly from the north is coming against her. Even her mercenaries among her are like stall-fed calves. They too will turn back together, they will flee. They will not take their stand, for the day of their calamity is coming on them, the time of their punishment. Egypt will hiss like a slithering snake, for the enemy will come with an army. With axes they will come against her like those who cut trees. They will cut down her forest. This is the Lord's declaration, though it is dense, for they are more numerous than locusts. They cannot be counted. Daughter Egypt will be put to shame, handed over to a northern people. The Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says, I am about to punish Ammon, God of Thebes, along with Pharaoh, Egypt, her gods and her kings, Pharaoh and those trusting in him. I will hand them over to those who want to take their lives, to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and his officers. But after this it will be inhabited again as in ancient times. This is the Lord's declaration. But you, my servant Jacob, do not be afraid and do not be discouraged, Israel. For without fail I will save you from far away and your descendants from the land of their captivity. Jacob will return and have calm and quiet with no one to frighten him. And you, my servant Jacob, do not be afraid, for I will be with you. I will bring destruction on all the nations where I have banished you, but I will not bring destruction on you. This is the Lord's declaration. I will discipline you with justice, but I will by no means leave you unpunished. And then we go back into Jeremiah chapter 44, verse 1 to 30. This is the word that came to Jeremiah for all the Jews living in the land of Egypt, at Migdol, Taphanes, Memphis, and in the land of Pathros. This is what the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says, You have seen all the disaster I brought against Jerusalem and all Judah's cities. Look, they are a ruin today without an inhabitant in them. Because of their evil ways, they provoked me to anger, going and burning incense to serve other gods they, you and your fathers, did not know. So I sent you, all my servants, the prophets, time and time again, saying, Don't do this detestable thing that I hate. But they did not listen or pay attention, they did not turn from their evil or stop burning incense to other gods. So my fierce wrath poured forth and burned in Judah's cities and Jerusalem's streets, so that they became the desolate ruin they are today. So now this is what the Lord, the God of hosts, the God of Israel, says. Why are you doing such great harm to yourselves? 
You are cutting off man and woman, child and infant from Judah, leaving yourselves without a remnant. You are provoking me to anger by the work of your hands. You are burning incense to other gods in the land of Egypt where you have gone to live for a while. As a result, you will be cut off and become an object of cursing and insult among all the nations of earth. Have you forgotten the evils of your fathers, the evils of Judah's kings, the evils of their wives, your own evils, and the evils of your wives that were committed in the land of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? They have not become humble to this day, and they have not feared or walked by my law or my statutes that I set before you and your ancestors. Therefore this is what the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says, I am about to turn against you to bring disaster, to cut off all Judah, and I will take away the remnant of Judah, those who have resolved to go to the land of Egypt to live there for a while. They will meet their end. All of them in the land of Egypt will fall by the sword. They will meet their end by famine. From the least to the greatest, they will die by the sword and by famine. Then they will become an object of excretion, of scorn, of cursing and of disgrace. I will punish those living in the land of Egypt just as I punished Jerusalem by sword, famine and plague. Then the remnant of Judah, those going to live for a while there in the land of Egypt, will have no fugitive or survivor to return to the land of Judah, where they are longing to return to live, for they will not return except for a few fugitives. However, all the men who knew that their wives were burning incense to other gods, all the women standing by a great assembly, and all the people who were living in the land of Egypt at Pathros answered Jeremiah, As for the words you spoke to us in the name of the Lord, we are not going to listen to you. Instead, we will do everything we said we would, burn incense to the Queen of Heaven and offer drink offerings to her, just as we, our fathers, our kings and our officials did in Judah's cities and in Jerusalem's streets. Then we had enough food and good things and saw no disaster. But from the time we ceased to burn incense to the Queen of Heaven and to offer her drink offerings, we have lacked everything, and through sword and famine we have met our end. And the woman said, When we burned incense to the Queen of Heaven and poured out drink offerings to her, was it apart from our husband's knowledge that we made sacrificial cakes in her image and poured out drink offerings to her? But Jeremiah responded to all the people, the men and the woman and all the people who were answering him, saying, As for the incense you burned in Judah's cities and in Jerusalem's streets, you, your fathers, your kings, your officials and the people of the land, did the Lord not remember them? He brought this to mind. The Lord can no longer bear your evil deeds and the detestable acts you have committed. So your land has become a waste, a desolation and an object of cursing without inhabitant as you see today. Because you burned incense and sinned against the Lord and didn't obey the Lord's voice and didn't walk in his law, his statutes and his testimonies, this disaster has come to you as you see today. Then Jeremiah said to all the people, including all the women, Hear the word of the Lord, all Judah who are in the land of Egypt. This is what the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says. As for you and your wives, you women have spoken with your mouths, and you men fulfilled it by your deeds, saying, We will keep our vows we have made to burn incense to the Queen of Heaven and to pour out drink offerings to her. Go ahead, confirm your vows, pay your vows. Therefore hear the word of the Lord, all you Judeans who live in the land of Egypt, I have sworn by my great name, says the Lord, that my name will never again be invoked by anyone of Judah in all the land of Egypt, saying, As the Lord lives. 
I am watching over them for disaster and not for good, and every man of Judah who is in the land of Egypt will meet his end by sword or famine until they are finished off. Those who escape the sword will return from the land of Egypt to the land of Judah, only few in number, and the whole remnant of Judah, the ones going to the land of Egypt to live there for a while, will know whose word stands, mine or theirs. This will be a sign to you, this is the Lord's declaration, that I am about to punish you in this place, so you may know that my words of disaster concerning you will certainly come to pass. This is what the Lord says, I am about to hand over Pharaoh Hophra, Egypt's king, to his enemies, to those who want to take his life, just as I handed over Judah's king Zedekiah to Babylon's king Nebuchadnezzar, who was his enemy, the one who wanted to take his life. And then we read Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 21 to 33, to finish today. In the twelfth year of our exile, in the tenth month, on the fifth day of the month, a fugitive from Jerusalem came to me and reported, The city has been taken. Now the hand of the Lord had been on me the evening before the fugitive arrived, and he opened my mouth before the man came to me in the morning. So my mouth was opened, and I was no longer mute. Then the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, those who live in the ruins in the land of Israel are saying, Abraham was only one person, yet he received possession of the land. But we are many, the land has been given to us as a possession. Therefore say to them, This is what the Lord God says. You eat meat with blood in it, raise your eyes to your idols and shed blood. Should you then receive possession of the land? You have relied on your swords, you have committed abominations, and each of you has defiled his neighbor's wife. Should you then receive possession of the land? Tell them this. This is what the Lord God says. As surely as I live, those who are in the ruins will fall by the sword. Those in the open field I have given to wild animals to be devoured, and those in the strongholds and caves will die by plague. I will make the land a desolate waste, and its proud strength will come to an end. The mountains of Israel will become desolate, with no one passing through. They will know that I am the Lord when I make the land a desolate waste because of all the abominations they have committed. Now, son of man, your people are talking about you near the city walls and in the doorways of their houses. One person speaks to another, each saying to his brother, Come and hear what the message is that comes from the Lord. So my people come to you in crowds, sit in front of you and hear your words, but they don't obey them. Although they express love with their mouths, their hearts pursue unjust gain. Yes, to them you are like a singer of love songs who has a beautiful voice and plays skillfully on an, on an instrument. They hear your words, but they don't obey them. Yet when it comes, and it will definitely come, then they will know that a prophet has been among them. And there we end, day 239. Day 240, and today is mostly Ezekiel with a little bit of Jeremiah and then a little bit of Daniel thrown in as well. But we begin... Chapter 25, verse 1 to 2017, sorry, verse 17 of Ezekiel. Then the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, turn your face toward the Ammonites and prophesy against them. Say to the Ammonites, Hear the word of the Lord God. This is what the Lord says. Because you said good about my sanctuary when it was desecrated, about the land of Israel when it was laid waste, and about the house of Judah when they went into exile. Therefore I am about to give you to the people of the east as a possession. They will set up their encampments and pitch their tents among you. 
They will eat your fruit and drink your milk. I will make Rabbah a pasture for camels and Ammon a sheepfold. Then you will know that I am the Lord. For this is what the Lord God says. Because you clapped your hands, stamped your feet and rejoiced over the land of Israel with wholehearted contempt. Therefore I am about to stretch out my hand against you and give you as plunder to the nations. I will cut you off from the peoples and eliminate you from the countries. I will destroy you and you will know that I am the Lord. This is what the Lord God says, because Moab and Seir said, Look, the house of Judah is like all the other nations. Therefore I am about to expose Moab's flank, beginning with its frontier cities, the pride of the land, Beth Jeshimoth, Balmeon and Kiriathim. I will give it along with Ammon to the people of the east as a possession, so that Ammon will not be remembered among the nations. So I will execute judgments against Moab, and they will know that I am the Lord. This is what the Lord God says, because Edom acted vengefully against the house of Judah and incurred grievous guilt by taking revenge on them. Therefore this is what the Lord God says, I will stretch out my hand against Edom and cut off both man and animal from it. I will make it a wasteland, they will fall by the sword from Taman to Dedan. I will take my vengeance on Edom through my people Israel, and they will deal with Edom according to my anger and wrath. So they will know my vengeance. This is the declaration of the Lord God. This is what the Lord God says. Because the Philistines acted in vengeance and took revenge with deep contempt, destroying because of their ancient hatred. Therefore this is what the Lord God says. I am about to stretch out my hand against the Philistines, cutting off the Cherethites and wiping out what remains of the coastal peoples. I will execute great vengeance against them with furious rebukes. They will know that I am the Lord when I make my vengeance on them. And Ezekiel chapter 28 verse 20 to 26. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, turn your face towards Sidon and prophesy against it. You are to say, This is what the Lord God says. Look, I am against you, Sidon, and I will display my glory within you. They will know that I am the Lord when I execute judgments against her and demonstrate my holiness through her. I will send a plague against her and bloodshed in her streets. This lane will fall within her while the sword is against her on every side. Then they will know that I am the Lord. The house of Israel will no longer be hurt by prickling briars or painful thorns from all their neighbours who treat them with contempt. Then they will know that I am the Lord God. This is what the Lord God says. When I gather the house of Israel from the peoples that were scattered and demonstrate my holiness through them in the sight of the nations, then they will live in their own land which I gave to my servant Jacob. They will live there securely, build houses and plant vineyards. They will live securely when I execute judgments against all their neighbours who treat them with contempt. Then they will know that I am the Lord their God. And Ezekiel chapter 32, verse 1 to 32. In the twelfth year, in the twelfth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, lament for Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and say to him, You compare yourself to a lion of the nations, but you are like a monster in the seas. You thrash about in your rivers, churn up the waters with your feet, and muddy the rivers. This is what the Lord God says. I will spread my net over you with an assembly of many peoples, and they will haul you up in my net. I will abandon you in the land and hurl you on the open field. 
I will cause all the birds of the sky to settle on you and let the beasts of the entire earth eat their fill of you. I will put your flesh in the mountains and fill the valleys with your carcass. I will drench the land with your flow of your blood, even to the mountains the ravines will be filled with your gore. When I snuff you out, I will cover the heavens and darken their stars. I will cover the sun with a cloud and the moon will not give its light. I will darken all the shining lights in the heavens over you and will bring darkness on your land. This is the declaration of the Lord God. I will trouble the hearts of many peoples when I bring about your destruction among the nations and countries you do not know. I will cause many nations to be appalled at you, and their kings will shudder with fear because of you when I brandish my sword in front of them. On the day of your downfall each of them will tremble every moment for his life, for this is what the Lord God says. The sword of Babylon's king will come against you. I will make your hordes fall by the swords of warriors, all of them ruthless men from the nations. They will ravage Egypt's pride and all its hordes will be destroyed. I will slaughter all its cattle that are beside many waters. No human foot will churn them again and no cattle hooves will disturb them. Then I will let their waters settle and will make their rivers flow like oil. This is the declaration of the Lord God. When I make the land of Egypt a desolation, so that it is emptied of everything in it, when I strike down all who live there, then they will know that I am the Lord. This is a lament that will be chanted. The women of the nations will chant it. They will chant it over Egypt and all its hordes. This is the declaration of the Lord God. In the twelfth year of the fifteenth day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, wheel over the hordes of Egypt and bring Egypt and the daughters of mighty nations down to the underworld to be with those who descend to the pit. Whom do you surpass in loveliness? Go down and be laid to rest with the uncircumcised. They will fall among those slain by the sword. A sword is appointed. They drag her and all her hordes away. Warrior leaders will speak from the middle of Sheol about him and his allies. They have come down, the uncircumcised lie slain by the sword. Assyria is there with all her company. Her graves are all around her. All of them are slain, fallen by the sword. Her graves are set in the deepest regions of the pit, and her company is all around her burial place. All of them are slain, fallen by the sword. They who once spread terror in the land of the living. Elam is there with all her hordes around her grave. All of them are slain, fallen by the sword. They who went down to the underworld uncircumcised, who once spread their terror in the land of the living, they bear their disgrace with those who descend to the pit. Among the slain they prepare a resting place for a lamb with all her hordes. Her graves are all around her, all of them are uncircumcised, slain by the sword. Although their terror was once spread in the land of the living, they bear their disgrace with those who descend to the pit. They are placed among the slain. Meshesh and Tubal are there with all their hordes. Their graves are all around them. All of them are uncircumcised, slain by the sword. Although their terror was once spread in the land of the living, they do not lie down with the fallen warriors of the uncircumcised who went down to Sheol with their weapons of war, whose swords were placed under their heads. The punishment for their sins rested on their bones, although the terror of these warriors was once in the land of the living. But you will be shattered and will lie down among the uncircumcised with those slain by the sword. Edom is there, her kings and all her princes, who despite their strength have been placed among those slain by the sword. 
They lie down with the uncircumcised, with those who descend to the pit. All the leaders of the north and all the Sidonians are there. They went down in shame with the slain, despite the terror their strength inspired. They lie down with the uncircumcised, with those slain by the sword. They bear their disgrace with those who descend to the pit. Pharaoh will see them and be comforted over all his hordes. Pharaoh and all his armies slain by the sword. This is the declaration of the Lord God. For I will spread my terror in the land of the living, so Pharaoh and all his hordes will be laid to rest among the uncircumcised, with those slain by the sword. This is the declaration of the Lord God. Then we read Jeremiah chapter 52 verse 30. In Nebuchadnezzar's 23rd year, Nebuzaradan, the commander of the guards, deported 745 Jews. Altogether, 4,600 people were deported. And we read Daniel chapter 3, verse 1 to 7, to finish today. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90, 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to assemble the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates and all the rulers of the provinces to attend the dedication of the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates and all the rulers of the provinces assembled for the dedication of the statue the king had set up. Then they stood before the statue Nebuchadnezzar had set up. A herald loudly proclaimed, People of every nation and language, you are commanded. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, drum and every kind of music, you are to fall down and worship the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. But whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. Therefore, when all the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp and every kind of music, People of every nation and language fell down and worshipped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And there we end, day 240. So day 241, and today we continue through Daniel, another couple of chapters of Daniel, and then into Ezekiel. And we begin at Daniel chapter 3, verse 8, reading through to chapter 4, verse 3. Some Chaldeans took this occasion to come forward and maliciously accuse the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, May the king live forever. You as king have issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, drum and every kind of music must fall down and worship the gold statue. Whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. There are some Jews you have appointed to manage the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. These men have ignored you, the king. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Then in a furious rage, Nebuchadnezzar gave orders to bring in Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. Nebuchadnezzar asked them, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, Is it true that you don't serve my gods or worship the gold statue I have set up? Now if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lar, harp, drum and every kind of music... Fall down and worship the statue I made. But if you don't worship it, you will be immediately thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. And who is the God who can rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego replied to the king, 
Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer to this question. If the God we serve exists, then he can rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he can rescue us from the power of you, the king. But even if he does not rescue us, we want you as king to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with rage and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. He gave orders to heat the furnace seven times more than what was customary, and he commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and throw them into the furnace of blazing fire. So these men in their trousers, robes, head coverings and other clothes were tied up and thrown into the furnace of blazing fire. Since the king's command was so urgent and the furnace extremely hot, the raging flames killed those men who carried Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego up. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, fell, bound into the furnace of blazing fire. Then King Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in alarm. He said to his advisers, Didn't we throw three men bound into the fire? Yes, of course, your majesty, they replied to the king. He exclaimed, Look, I see four men, not tied, walking around in the fire, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the door of the furnace of blazing fire and called, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the Most High God, come out. So they came out of the fire. When the satraps, prefects, governors, and the king's advisers gathered around, they saw that the fire had no effect on the bodies of these men, not a hair of their heads was singed and their robes were unaffected, and there was no smell of fire on them. Nebuchadnezzar exclaimed, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel and rescued his servants who trusted in him. They violated the king's command and risked their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore I issue a decree that anyone of any people, nation, or language who says anything offensive against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, will be torn limb from limb and his house made a garbage dump. For there is no other god who is able to deliver like this. Then the king rewarded Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar, to those of every people, nation, and language who live in all the earth, may your prosperity increase. I am pleased to tell you about the miracles and wonders the Most High God has done for me. How great are his miracles and how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. And then we read Ezekiel chapter 33 verse 1 to chapter 34 verse 19. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, speak to your people and tell them. Suppose I bring the sword against the land and the people of that land select a man from among them appointing him as their watchman. And he sees the sword coming against the land and blows his trumpet to warn the people. Then if anyone hears the sound of the trumpet but ignores the warning, and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood will be on his own head. Since he heard the sound of the trumpet but ignored the warning, his blood is on his own, own hands. If he had taken warning, he would have saved his life. However, if the watchman sees the sword coming but doesn't blow the trumpet, so that the people aren't warned and the sword comes and takes away their lives, then they have been taken away because of their iniquity, but I will hold the watchman accountable for their blood. As for you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. When you hear a word from my mouth, give them a warning from me. If I say to the wicked, Wicked one, you will surely die, but you do not speak out to warn him about his way. That wicked person will die for his iniquity, 
yet I will hold you responsible for his blood. But if you warn a wicked person to turn from his way, and he doesn't turn from it, he will die for his iniquity, but you will have saved your life. Now as for you, son of man, say to the house of Israel, You have said this, Our transgressions and our sins are heavy on us, and we are wasting away because of them. How then can we survive? Tell them, as I live the declaration of the Lord God, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that the wicked person should turn from his way and live. Repent, repent of your evil ways. Why will you die, house of Israel? Now, son of man, say to your people, The righteousness of the righteous person will not save him on the day of his transgression. Neither will the wickedness of the wicked person cause him to stumble on the day he turns from his wickedness. The righteous person won't be able to survive by his righteousness on the day he sins. When I tell the righteous person that he will surely live, but he trusts in his righteousness and commits iniquity, then none of his righteousness will be remembered, and he will die because of the iniquity he has committed. So when I tell the wicked person, you will surely die, but he repents of his sin and does what is just and right, he returns collateral, makes restitution for what he has stolen, and walks in the statutes of life without practicing iniquity. He will certainly live, he will not die. None of the sins he committed will be held against him. He has done what is just and right, he will certainly live. But your people say, the Lord's way isn't fair, even though it is their own way that isn't fair. When a righteous person turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, he will die on account of this. But when a wicked person turns from his wickedness and does what is just and right, he will live because of this. Yet you say, the Lord's way isn't fair. I will judge each of you according to his ways, house of Israel. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, This is what the Lord God says to the shepherds. Woe to the shepherds of Israel who have been feeding themselves. Shouldn't the shepherds feed their flock? You eat the fat, wear the wool, and butcher the fatlings, but you do not tend the flock. You have not strengthened the weak, healed the sick, bandaged the injured, brought back the strays, or sought the lost. Instead you have ruled them with violence and cruelty. They were scattered for lack of a shepherd. They became food for all the wild animals when they were scattered. My flock went astray on all the mountains and every high hill. They were scattered over the whole face of the earth, and there was no one searching or seeking for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord, as I live, the declaration of the Lord God. Because my flock has become prey and food for every wild animal since they lack a shepherd, for my shepherds do not search for my flock, and because the shepherds feed themselves rather than my flock, therefore you shepherds hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says, Look, I am against the shepherds. I will demand my flock from them and prevent them from shepherding the flock. The shepherds will no longer feed themselves, for I will rescue my flock from their mouths so that they will not be food for them. For this is what the Lord God says, See, I myself will search for my flock and look for them. As a shepherd looks for his sheep on the day he is among his scattered flock, so I will look for my flock. I will rescue them from all the places where they have been scattered on a cloudy and dark day. I will bring them out from the peoples, gather them from the countries, and bring them into their own land. I will shepherd them in the mountains of Israel, in the ravines, and in all the inhabited places of the land. I will tend them with good pasture, and their grazing place will be on Israel's lofty mountains. There they will lie down in a good grazing place. 
They will feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will tend my flock and let them lie down. This is the declaration of the Lord God. I will seek the lost, bring back the strays, bandage the injured and strengthen the weak. But I will destroy the fat and the strong. I will shepherd them with justice. The Lord God says to you, my flock, I am going to judge between one sheep and another, between the rams and male goats. Isn't it good enough for you to feed on the good pasture? Must you also trample the rest of the pasture with your feet? Or isn't it enough that you drink the clear water? Must you also muddy the rest with your feet? Yet my flock has to feed on what your feet have trampled and drink what your feet have muddied. And there we end, day 241. Day 242, and this is a straightforward day. We read from Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 20, through to chapter 37, verse 14. Therefore, this is what the Lord God says to them. See, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. Since you have pushed with flank and shoulder and butted all the weak ones with your horns until you scattered them all over, I will save my flock and they will no longer be prey for you. I will judge between one sheep and another. I will appoint over them a single shepherd, my servant David, and he will shepherd them. He will tend them himself and will be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will have a prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will make a covenant of peace with them and eliminate dangerous animals in the land, so that they may live securely in the wilderness and sleep in the forest. I will make them and the area around my hill a blessing, I will send on showers in their season, showers of blessing. The trees of the field will give their fruit, and the land will yield its produce. My flock will be secure in their land. They will know that I am the Lord when I break the bars of their yoke and rescue them from the hands of those who enslave them. They will no longer be prey for the nations, and the wild animals of the land will not consume them. They will live securely, and no one will frighten them. I will establish for them a place renowned for its agriculture, and they will no longer be victims of famine in the land. They will no longer endure the insults of the nations. Then they will know that I, the Lord their God, am with them, and that they, the house of Israel, are my people. This is the declaration of the Lord God. You are my flock, the human flock of my pasture, and I am your God. This is the declaration of the Lord God. The word of God came to me. Son of man, turn your face towards Mount Seir and prophesy against it. Say to it, This is what the Lord God says. Look, I am against you, Mount Seir. I will stretch out my hand against you and make you a desolate waste. I will turn your cities into ruins and you will become a desolation. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Because you maintained an ancient hatred and handed over the Israelites to the power of the sword in the time of their disaster, the time of final punishment. Therefore, as I live, this is the declaration of the Lord God, I will destine you for bloodshed and it will pursue you. Since you did not hate bloodshed, it will pursue you. I will make Mount Seir a desolate waste and cut off from it those who come and go. I will fill its mountains with the slain. Those slain by the sword will fall on your hills and your valleys and in all your ravines. I will make you a perpetual desolation. Your cities will not be inhabited. Then you will know that I am the Lord." Because you said these two nations and two lands will be mine and we will possess them, though the Lord was there. Therefore, as I live, the declaration of the Lord God, 
I will treat you according to the anger and jealousy you showed in your hatred of them. I will make myself known among them when I judge you. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have heard all the blasphemies you uttered against the mountains of Israel, saying, They are desolate. They have been given to us to devour. You boasted against me with your mouth and spoke many words against me. I heard it myself. This is what the Lord God says. While the whole world rejoices, I will make you a desolation. Just as you rejoiced over the inheritance of the house of Israel because it became a desolation, so I will deal with you. You will become a desolation, Mount Seir, and so will all Edom in all its entirety. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Son of man, prophesy to the mountains of Israel and say, Mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says. Because the enemy has said about you, Good, the ancient heights have become our possession. Therefore prophesy and say, This is what the Lord God says. Because they have made you desolate and have trampled you from every side, so that you became a possession for the rest of the nations and an object of people's gossip and slander. slander. Therefore, mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord God. This is what the Lord God says to the mountains and hills, to the ravines and valleys, to the desolate ruins and abandoned cities which have become plunder and a mockery to the rest of the nations all around. This is what the Lord God says. Certainly in my burning zeal I speak against the rest of the nations and all of Edom, who took my land as their own possession with wholehearted rejoicing and utter contempt, so that its pasture land became plunder. Therefore prophesy concerning the land of Israel and say to the mountains and hills, to the ravines and valleys, This is what the Lord God says. Look, I speak in my burning zeal because you have endured the insults of the nations. Therefore this is what the Lord God says. I swear that the nations all around you will endure their own insults. You mountains of Israel will put forth your branches and bear your fruit for my people Israel, since their arrival is near. Look, I am on your side, I will turn towards you and you will be tilled and sown. I will fill you with people, with the whole house of Israel in its entirety. The cities will be inhabited and the ruins rebuilt. I will fill you with people and animals and they will increase and be fruitful. I will make you inhabited as you once were and make you better off than you were before. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I will cause people, my people Israel, to walk on you. They will possess you and you will be their inheritance. You will no longer deprive them of their children. This is what the Lord God says. Because people are saying to you, You devour men and deprive your nation of children. Therefore you will no longer devour men and deprive your nation of children. This is the declaration of the Lord God. I will no longer allow the insults of the nations to be heard against you, and you will not have to endure the reproach of the peoples any more. You will no longer cause your nation to stumble. This is the declaration of the Lord God. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, while the house of Israel lived in their land, they defiled it with their conduct and actions. Their behaviour before me was like menstrual impurity. So I poured out my wrath on them because of the blood they had shed in the land and because they had defiled it with their idols. I dispersed them among the nations and they were scattered among the countries. I judged them according to their conduct and actions. When they came to the nations where they went, they profaned my holy name because it was said about them, These are the people of the Lord, yet they had to leave his land in exile. Then I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel profaned among the nations where they went. Therefore say to the house of Israel, 
This is what the Lord God says. It is not for your sake that I will act, house of Israel, but for my holy name which you profaned among the nations where you went. I will honour the holiness of my great name which has been profaned among the nations, the name you have profaned among them. The nations will know that I am Yahweh, the declaration of the Lord God, when I demonstrate my holiness through you in their sight. For I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and will bring you into your own land. I will also sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will place my spirit within you and cause you to follow my statutes and carefully observe my ordinances. Then you will live in the land that I gave your fathers. You will be my people and I will be your God. I will save you from all your uncleanness. I will summon the grain and make it plentiful and will not bring famine on you. I will also make the fruit of the trees and the produce of the field plentiful so that you will no longer experience reproach among the nations on account of famine. Then you will remember your evil ways and your deeds that were not good and you will loathe yourselves for your iniquities and abominations. It is not for your sake that I will act. The declaration of the Lord God, let this be known to you. Be ashamed and humiliated because of your ways, house of Israel. This is what the Lord God says. On the day I cleanse you from all your iniquities, I will cause the cities to be inhabited and the ruins will be rebuilt. The desolate land will be cultivated instead of lying desolate in the sight of everyone who passes by. Then they will say, This land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden. The cities that were once ruined, desolate and destroyed are now fortified and inhabited. Then the nations that remain around you will know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt what was destroyed and have replanted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken and I will do it. This is what the Lord God says. I will respond to the house of Israel and do this for them. I will multiply them in number like a flock. So the ruined cities will be filled with a flock of people, just as the flock of sheep for sacrifices filled in Jerusalem during its appointed festivals. Then they will know that I am the Lord. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by his Spirit, and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were a great many of them in the surface of the valley, and they were very dry. Then he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? I replied, Lord God, only you know. He said to me, Prophesy concerning these bones, and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says to these bones. I will cause breath to enter you and you will live. I will put tendons on you, make flesh grow in you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you so that you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded. While I was prophesying there was a noise, a rattling sound and the bones came together bone to bone. As I looked, tendons appeared in them. Flesh grew and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. He said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man. Say to it, This is what the Lord God says. Breath, come from the four winds and breathe into these slain so that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. The breath entered them and they came to life and stood on their feet a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Look how they say, 
our bones are dried up and our hope has perished, we are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the Lord God says, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them, my people, and lead you into the land of Israel. You will know that I am the Lord, my people, when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live, and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it. This is the declaration of the Lord. And there we end, day 242. Day 243, and again a a straightforward day from Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 15 through to chapter 39 verse 29. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, take a single stick and write on it, belonging to Judah and the Israelites associated with him. Then take another stick and write on it, belonging to Joseph, the stick of Ephraim and all the house of Israel associated with him. Then join them together into a single stick so that they become one in your hand. When your people ask you, won't you explain to us what you mean by these things? Tell them, this is what the Lord God says. I am going to take the stick of Joseph, which is in the hand of Ephraim, and the tribes of Israel associated with him, and put them together with the stick of Judah. I will make them into a single stick, so that they become one in my hand. When the sticks you have written on are in your hand and in full view of the people, tell them, this is what the Lord God says. I am going to take the Israelites out of the nations where they have gone. I will gather them from all around and bring them into their own land. I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel, and one king will rule over all of them. They will no longer be two nations and will no longer be divided into two kingdoms. They will not defile themselves any more with their idols, their detestable things, and all their transgressions. I will save them from all their apostasies by which they sinned, and I will cleanse them. They will be my people, and I will be their God." My servant David will be over them, and there will be one shepherd for all of them. They will follow my ordinances and keep my statutes and obey them. They will live in the land that I gave to my servant Jacob, where your fathers lived. They will live in it forever with their children and grandchildren, and my servant David will be their prince forever. I will make a covenant of peace with them. It will be an everlasting covenant with them. I will establish and multiply them and will set my sanctuary among them forever. My dwelling place will be with them. I will be their God and they will be my people. When my sanctuary is among them forever, the nations will know that I, the Lord, sanctify Israel. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, turn your face toward Gog of the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshesh and Tubal. Prophesy against him and say, This is what the Lord God says. Look, I am against you, Gog, chief prince of Meshesh and Tubal. I will turn you around, put hooks in your jaws, and bring you out with all your army, including horses and riders who are all splendidly dressed, a huge company armed with shields and bucklers, all of them brandishing swords. Persia, Cush, and Put are with them, all of them with shields and helmets, Gomer with all its troops, and Beth Togomarah from the remotest parts of the north along with all its troops. Many peoples are with you. Be prepared and get yourself ready, You and all your company who have been mobilised around you, you will be their guard. After a long time you will be summoned. In the last years you will enter a land that has been restored from war and regathered from many peoples to the mountains of Israel which had long been a ruin. They were brought out from the peoples and all of them now live securely. You, all of your troops and many peoples with you will advance, coming like a thunderstorm. 
you will be like a cloud covering the land. This is what the Lord God says. On that day, thoughts will arise in your mind and you will devise an evil plan. You will say, I will go up against a land of open villages. I will come against a tranquil people who are living securely, all of them living without walls and without bars or gates, in order to seize spoil and carry off plunder, to turn your hand against ruins now inhabited and against the people gathered from the nations who have been acquiring cattle and possessions and who live at the centre of the world. Sheba and Dedan are the merchants of Tarshish, with all its rulers will ask you, Have you come to seize spoil? Have you assembled your hordes to carry off plunder, to make off with silver and gold, to take cattle and possessions, to seize great spoil? Therefore prophesy, son of man, and say to Gog, This is what the Lord God says, On that day when my people Israel are dwelling securely, will you not know this and come from your place in the remotest parts of the north? You and many peoples with you who are all riding horses, a mighty horde, a huge army. You will advance against my people Israel like a cloud covering the land. It will happen in the last days, Gog, that I will bring you against my land so that the nations may know me when I show myself holy through you in their sight. This is what the Lord God says. Are you the one I spoke about in former times through my servants, the prophets of Israel, who for years prophesied in those times that I would bring you against them? Now on that day, the day when God comes against the land of Israel, this is the declaration of the Lord God, my wrath will flare up. I swear in my zeal and fiery rage, on that day there will be a great earthquake in the land of Israel. The fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the animals of the field, every creature that crawls in the ground and every human being on the face of the earth will tremble before me. The mountains will be thrown down, the cliffs will collapse and every wall will fall to the ground. I will call for a sword against him on my holy mountains, the declaration of the Lord God, and every man's sword will be against his brother. I will execute judgment on him with plague and bloodshed. I will pour out torrential rain, hailstones, fire and brimstone on him, as well as his troops and the many peoples who are with him. I will display my greatness and holiness and will reveal myself in the sight of many nations. Then they will know that I am the Lord. As for you, son of man, prophesy against Gog and say, This is what the Lord God says. Look, I am against you, Gog, chief prince of Meshesh and Tubal. I will turn you around, drive you on, and lead you up from the remotest parts of the north. I will bring you against the mountains of Israel. Then I will knock your bow from your left hand and make your arrows drop from your right hand. You, all your troops, and the peoples who are with you will fall on the mountains of Israel. I will give you as food to every kind of predatory bird and to the wild animals. You will fall on the open field, for I have spoken. This is the declaration of the Lord God. I will send fire against Magog and those who live securely on the coasts and islands. Then they will know that I am the Lord. So I will make my name holy among those my people Israel, and will no longer allow it to be profaned. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, the Holy One in Israel. Yes, it is coming and it will happen. This is the declaration of the Lord God. This is the day I have spoken about. Then the inhabitants of Israel's cities will go out to kindle fires and burn the weapons, the bucklers and shields, the bows and arrows, the clubs and spears. For seven years they will use them to make fires. They will not gather wood from the countryside or cut it down from the forest, for they will use the weapons to make fires. They will take the loot from those who looted them and plunder those who plundered them. This is the declaration of the Lord God.
Now on that day I will give Gog a burial place there in Israel, the valley of the travellers east of the sea. It will block those who travel through, for Gog and all his hordes will be buried there. So it will be called the valley of Hamon Gog. The house of Israel will spend seven months burying them in order to cleanse the land. All the people of the land will bury them, and their fame will spread in the day I display my glory. This is the declaration of the Lord God. They will appoint men on a full-time basis to pass through the land and bury the invaders who remain on the surface of the ground in order to cleanse it. They will make their search at the end of the seven months. When they pass through the land and one of them sees a human bone, he will erect a marker next to it until the buriers have buried it in the valley of Hamon Gog. There will even be a city called Hamanua there, so they will cleanse the land. Son of man, this is what the Lord God says. Tell every kind of bird and all the wild animals, assemble and come. Gather from all around to my sacrificial feast that I am slaughtering for you. A great feast in the mountains of Israel you will eat flesh and drink blood. You will eat the flesh of mighty men and drink the blood of the earth's princes. Rams, lambs, male goats and bulls, all of them fatlings of Bashan. You will eat fat until you are satisfied and drink blood until you are drunk. At my sacrificial sacrificial feast that I am prepared for you. At my table you will eat your fill of horses and riders of mighty men and all the warriors. This is the declaration of the Lord God. I will display my glory among the nations, and all the nations will see the judgment I have executed and the hand I have laid on them. From that day forward the house of Israel will know that I am the Lord their God, and the nations will know that the house of Israel went into exile on account of their iniquity, because they dealt unfaithfully with me. Therefore I hid my face from them and handed them over to their enemies, so that they all fell by the sword. I dealt with them according to their uncleanness and transgressions, and I hid my face from them. So this is what the Lord God says, Now I will restore the fortunes of Jacob and have compassion in the whole house of Israel, and I will be jealous for my holy name. They will feel remorse for their disgrace and all the unfaithfulness they committed against me, when they live securely in their land with no one to frighten them. When I bring them back from the peoples and gather them from the countries of their enemies, I will demonstrate my holiness through them in the sight of many nations. They will know that I am the Lord their God when I regather them to their own land after I have exiled them among the nations. I will leave none of them behind. I will no longer hide my face from them, for I will pour out my spirit on the house of Israel. This is the declaration of the Lord God. And there we end, day 243. Day 244 and we continue again through Ezekiel starting at chapter 40 verse 1 and through to 41 verse 26. In the 25th year of our exile at the beginning of the year, on the 10th day of the month in the 14th year after Jerusalem had been captured, on that very day the Lord's hand was on me and he brought me there. In visions of God he took me into the land of Israel and set me down on a very high mountain. On its southern slope was a structure resembling a city. He brought me there and I saw a man whose appearance was like bronze with a linen cord and a measuring rod in his hand. He was standing by the gate. He spoke to me. Son of man, look with your eyes, listen with your ears and pay attention to everything I am going to show you. For you have been brought here so that I might show it to you. Report everything you see to the house of Israel. Now there was a wall surrounding the outside of the temple. The measurement measuring rod in the man's hand was six units of twenty-one inches. 
Each unit was the standard length plus three inches. He measured the thickness of the wall structure. It was about ten feet and its height was the same. Then he came to the gate that faced east and climbs its steps. He measured the threshold of the gate. It was ten feet deep. The first threshold was ten feet deep. Each recess was about ten feet long and ten feet deep and there was a space of eight and three quarter feet between the recesses. The inner threshold of the gate on the temple side next to the gate's portico was about ten feet. Next he measured the portico of the gate. It was fourteen feet and its pilasters were three and a half feet. The portico of the gate was on the temple side. There were three recesses on each side of the east gate, each with the same measurements, and the pilasters on either side also had the same measurements. Then he measured the width of the gate's entrance. It was seventeen and a half feet, while the width of the gateway was twenty-two and three-quarter feet. There was a barrier of twenty-one inches in front of the recesses on both sides, and the recesses on each side were ten and a half feet square. Then he measured the gateway from the roof of one recess to the roof of the opposite one. The distance was forty-three and three-quarter feet. The openings of the recesses faced each other. Next he measured the pilasters, one hundred and five feet. The gate extended around the pilaster of the court. The distance from the front of the gate at the entrance to the front of the gate's portico on the inside was eighty-seven and a half feet. The recesses and their pilasters had bevelled windows all around the inside of the gateway. The porticos also had windows all around on the inside. Each pilaster was decorated with palm trees. Then he brought me into the outer court and there were chambers and a paved surface laid out all around the court. Thirty chambers faced the pavement which flanked the gates and corresponded to the length of the gates. This was the lower pavement. Then he measured the distance from the front of the lower gate to the exterior front of the inner court. It was 175 feet. This was the east. Next the north is described. He measured the gate of the outer court, court facing north both its length and width. Its three recesses on each side, its pilasters and its portico had the same measurements as the first gate. Eighty-seven and a half feet long and forty-three and three-quarter feet wide. Its windows, portico and palm trees had the same measurements as those of the gate that faced east. Seven steps led up to the gate and its portico was ahead of them. The inner court had a gate facing the north gate like the one on the east. He measured the distance from gate to gate. It was 175 feet. He brought me to the south side, and there was also a gate on the south. He measured its pilasters and portico. They had the same measurements as the others. Both the gate and its portico had windows all around like the other windows. It was 87.5 feet long and 43 and 3 quarter feet wide. Its stairway had seven steps and its portico was ahead of them. It had palm trees and its pilasters one on each side. The inner court had a gate on the south. He measured from gate to gate on the south. It was 175 feet. Then he brought me to the inner court through the south gate. When he measured the south gate it had the same measurements as the others. Its recesses, pilasters and portico had the same measurements as the others. Both it and its portico had windows all around. It was 87.5 feet long and 43 and 3 quarter feet wide. There were porticos all around 43 and 3 quarter feet long and 8 and 3 quarter feet wide. Its portico faced the outer court and its pilasters were decorated with palm trees. Its stairway had 8 steps. Then he brought me to the inner court on the east side. When he measured the gate it had the same measurements as the others. Its recesses, pilasters and portico had the same measurements as the others. Both it and its portico had windows all around. 
It was 87 and a half feet long and 43 and three quarter feet wide. Its portico faced the outer court and its pilasters were decorated with palm trees on each side. Its stairway had eight steps. Then he brought me to the north gate. When he measured it, it had the same measurements as the others, as did its recesses, pilasters and portico. It also had windows all around. It was 87 and a half feet long and 43 and three quarter feet wide. Its portico faced the outer court and its pilasters were decorated with palm trees on each side. Its stairway had eight steps. There was a chamber whose door opened into the portico of the gate. The burnt offering was to be washed there. Inside the portico of the gate there were two tables on each side on which to slaughter the burnt offering, sin offering and restitution offering. Outside as one approaches the entrance over the north gate, there were two tables on one side and two more tables on the other side of the gate's portico. So there were four tables inside the gate and four outside, eight tables in all on which the slaughtering was to be done. There were also four tables of cut stone for the burnt offering, each 31.5 inches long, 31.5 inches wide and 21 inches high. The utensils used to slaughter the burnt offerings and other sacrifices were placed in them. There were three-inch hooks fastened all around the inside of the room and the flesh of the offering was to be laid on the tables. Outside the inner gate, within the inner court, there were chambers for the singers, one beside the north gate facing south and another beside the south gate facing north. Then the man said to me, This chamber that faces south is for the priests who keep charge of the temple. The chamber that faces north is for the priests who keep, keep charge of the altar. These are the sons of Zadok, the ones from the sons of Levi, who may approach the Lord to serve him. Next he measured the court. It was square, 175 feet long and 175 feet wide. The altar was in front of the temple. Then he brought me to the portico of the temple and measured the pilasters of the portico. They were eight and three quarter feet thick on each side. The width of the gateway was 24 and a half feet and the side walls of the gate were five and a quarter feet wide on each side. The portico was 35 feet across and 21 feet deep, and ten steps led up to it. There were pillars by the pilasters, one on each side. Next he brought me into the great hall and measured the pilasters. On each side the width of the pilaster was ten and a half feet. The width of the entrance was seventeen and a half feet, and the side walls of the entrance were eight and three quarter feet wide on each side. He also measured the length of the great hall, 70 feet and the width 35 feet. He went inside the next room and measured the pilasters at the entrance. They were three and a half feet wide. The entrance was ten and a half feet wide and the width of the entrance side walls on each side was twelve and a quarter feet. He then measured the length of the room adjacent to the great hall, 35 feet and the width 35 feet. And he said to me, this is the most holy place. Then he measured the wall of the temple. It was ten and a half feet thick. The width of the side rooms all around the temple was seven feet. The side rooms were arranged one above each other in three stories of thirty rooms each. There were ledges on the wall of the temple all around to serve as supports for the side rooms so that the supports would not be in the temple wall itself. The side rooms surrounding the temple widened at each successive story for the structure surrounding the temple went up by stages. This was the reason for the temple's broadness as it rose, and so one would go up from the lowest story to the highest by means of the middle one. I saw that the temple had a raised platform surrounding it. This foundation for the side rooms was ten and a half feet high.
The thickness of the outer wall of the side rooms was eight and three quarter feet. The free space between the side rooms of the temple and the outer chambers was thirty five feet wide all around the temple. The side rooms opened into the free space, one entrance toward the north and another to the south. The area of free space was eight and three quarter feet wide all around. Now the building that faced the temple yard toward the west was a hundred and twenty two and a half feet wide. The wall of the building was eight and three quarter feet thick on all sides, and the building's length was one hundred and fifty seven and a half feet. Then the man measured the temple. It was a hundred and seventy five feet long. In addition, the temple yard and the building, including its walls, were a hundred and seventy five feet long. The width of the front of the temple, along with the temple yard to the east, was a hundred and seventy five feet. Next, he measured the length of the building facing the temple yard to the west, with its galleries on each side. It was 175 feet. The interior of the great hall and the porticos of the court, the thresholds, the beveled windows and the balconies all around with their three levels opposite the threshold, were overlaid with wood on all sides. They were panelled from the ground to the windows, but the windows were covered, reaching to the top of the entrance and as far as the inner temple and on the outside. On every wall all around, on the inside and outside side, outside, was a pattern carved with cherubim and palm trees. There was a palm tree between each pair of cherubim. Each cherub had two faces, a human face toward, turned toward the palm tree on one side and a lion's face turned toward it on the other. They were carved throughout the temple on all sides. Cherubim and palm trees were carved from the ground to the top of the entrance and on the wall of the great hall. The doorposts of the great hall were square and the front of the sanctuary had the same appearance. The altar was made of wood five and a quarter feet high and three and a half feet long. It had corners and its length and sides were of wood. The man told me, This is the table that stands before the Lord. The great hall and the sanctuary each had a double door and each of the doors had two swinging panels. There were two panels for one door and two for the other. Cherubim and palm trees were carved on the doors of the great hall like those carved in the walls. There was a wooden canopy outside in front of the portico. There were beveled windows and palm trees on both sides, on the side walls of the portico, the side rooms of the temple, and the canopies. And there we end, day 244. Day 245, and we continue again through Ezekiel from chapter 42, verse 1, to chapter 44, verse 31. Then the man led me out by the way of the north gate into the outer court. He brought me to the group of chambers opposite the temple yard and opposite the building to the north. Along the length of the chambers, which was 175 feet, there was an entrance on the north. The width was 87 and a half feet. Opposite the 35 foot space belonging to the inner court and opposite the paved surface belonging to the outer court, the structure rose gallery by gallery in three tiers. In front of the chambers was a walkway toward the inside, 17.5 feet wide and 175 feet long, and their entrances were on the north. The upper chambers were narrower because the galleries took away more space from them than the lower and middle stories of the building, for they were arranged in three stories and had no pillars like the pillars of the courts. Therefore the upper chambers were set back from the ground more than the lower and middle stories. A wall on the outside ran in front of the chambers parallel to them, toward the outer court, it was 87.5 feet long, for the chambers in the outer court were 87.5 feet long, while those facing the great hall were 175 feet long. At the base of these chambers there was an entryway on the east side as one enters them from the outer court. 
In the thickness of the wall of the court toward the south there were chambers facing the temple yard in the western building, with the passageway in front of them just like the chambers that faced north. Their length and width as well as all their exits, measurements and entrances were identical. The entrance at the beginning of the passageway, the way in front of the corresponding wall as one enters on the east side, was similar to the entrances of the chambers that were on the south side. Then the man said to me, The northern and southern chambers that face the temple yard are the holy chambers where the priests who approach the Lord will eat the most holy offerings. There they will deposit the most holy offerings, the grain offerings, sin offerings and restitution offerings, for the place is holy. Once the priests have entered, they must not go out from the holy area to the outer court until they have removed the clothes they minister in, for these are holy. They are to put on other clothes before they approach the public area. When he finished measuring inside the temple complex, he led me out by way of the gate that faced east and measured all around the complex. He measured the east side with a measuring rod. It was 875 feet by the measuring rod. He measured the north side. It was 875 feet by the measuring rod. He measured the south side. It was 875 feet by the measuring rod. Then he turned to the west side and measured 875 feet by the measuring rod. He measured the temple complex on all four sides. It had a wall all around it, 875 feet long and 875 feet wide to separate the holy from the common. He led me to the gate, the one that faces east, and I saw the glory of the Lord of Israel coming from the east. His voice sounded like the roar of mighty waters, and the earth shone with his glory. The vision I saw was like the one I had seen when he came to destroy the city, and like the ones I had seen by the Chabar Canal. I fell face down. The glory of the Lord entered the temple by way of the gate that faced east. Then the Spirit lifted me up and brought me to the inner court, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. While the man was standing beside me, I heard someone speaking to me from the temple. He said to me, Son of man, this is the place of my throne and the place for the soles of my feet, where I will dwell among the Israelites forever. The house of Israel and their kings will no longer defile my holy name by their religious prostitution and by the corpses of their kings at their high places. Whenever they place their threshold next to my threshold and their doorposts beside my doorposts, with only a wall between me and them, they were defiling my holy name by the abominations they committed. So I destroyed them in my anger. Now let them remove their prostitution and the corpses of their kings far from me, and I will dwell among them forever. As for you, son of man, describe the temple to the house of Israel so that they may be ashamed of their iniquities. Let them measure its pattern and they will be ashamed of all that they have done. Reveal the design of the temple to them, its layout with its exits and entrances, its complete design along with all its statutes, design specifications and laws. Write it down in their sight so that they may observe its complete design in all its statutes and may carry them out. This is the law of the temple. All its surrounding territory on top of the mountain will be especially holy. Yes, this is the law of the temple. These are the measurements of the altar in units of length, each unit being the standard length plus 3 inches. The gutter is 21 inches deep and 21 inches wide with a rim of 9 inches around its edge. This is the base of the altar. The distance from the gutter on the ground to the lower edge is 3.5 feet and the width of the ledge is 21 inches. There are 7 feet from the small ledge to the large ledge whose width is also 21 inches. The altar hearth is 7 feet high and 4 horns protect, project upward from the hearth. The hearth is square 21 feet long by 21 feet wide. 
The ledge is 24.5 feet long by 24.5 feet wide, with four equal sides. The rim all around it is 10.5 inches, and its gutter is 21 inches all around it. The altar steps face east. Then he said to me, Son of man, this is what the Lord God says. These are the statutes for the altar on the day it is constructed, so that burnt offerings may be sacrificed on it and blood may be sprinkled on it. You are to give a bull from the herd as a sin offering to the Levitical priests, who are from the offspring of Zadok, who approach me in order to serve me. This is the declaration of the Lord God. You must take some of its blood and apply it to the four horns of the altar and four corners of the ledge, and all around the rim. In this way you will purify the altar and make atonement for it. Then you must take away the bull for the sin offering, and it must be burned outside the sanctuary and the place appointed for the temple. On the second day you are to present an unblemished male goat as a sin offering. They will purify the altar just as they did with the bull. When you have finished the purification, you are to present a young unblemished bull and an unblemished ram from the flock. You must present them before the Lord. The priest will throw salt on them and sacrifice them as a burnt offering to the Lord. You will offer a goat for a sin offering each day for seven days. A young bull and a ram from the flock, both unblemished, must also be offered. For seven days the priests are to make atonement for all the altar and cleanse it. In this way they will consecrate it and complete the days of purification. Then on the eighth day and afterwards the priests will offer your burnt offerings and fellowship offerings on the altar and I will accept you. This is the declaration of the Lord God. The man then brought me back toward the sanctuary's outer gate that faced east, and it was closed. The Lord said to me, This gate will remain closed. It will not be opened, and no one will enter through it, because the Lord, the God of Israel, has entered through it. Therefore it will remain closed. The prince himself will sit in the gateway to eat a meal before the Lord. He must enter by way of the portico of the gate and go out the same way. Then the man brought me by way of the north gate to the front of the temple. I looked, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple, and I fell face down. The Lord said to me, Son of man, pay attention. Look with your eyes and listen with your ears to everything I tell you about all the statutes and laws of the Lord's temple. Take careful note of the entrance of the temple along with all the exits of the sanctuary. Say to this rebellious people, the house of Israel, This is what the Lord God says. I have had enough of all your abominations, house of Israel. When you brought in foreigners uncircumcised in both heart and flesh, to occupy my sanctuary you defiled my temple while you offered my food, the fat and the blood. You broke my covenant with all your abominations. You have not kept charge of my holy things, but have appointed others to keep charge of my sanctuary for you. This is what the Lord God says. No foreigner uncircumcised in heart and flesh may enter my sanctuary, not even a foreigner who is among the Israelites. Surely the Levites who wandered away from me when Israel went astray and who strayed from me after their idols will bear the consequences of their sin. Yet they will occupy my sanctuary serving as guards at the temple gates and ministering at the temple. They will slaughter the burnt offerings and other sacrifices for the people and will stand before them to serve them. Because they ministered to the house of Israel before their idols and became a sinful stumbling block to them, therefore I swore an oath against them. This is the declaration of the Lord God, that they would bear the consequences of their sin. They must not approach me to serve me as my priests or come near any of my holy things or the most holy things. They will bear their disgrace and the consequences of the abominations they committed. Yet I will make them responsible for the duties of the temple, 
for all its work and everything done in it. But the Levitical priests descended from Zadok, who kept charge of my sanctuary when the Israelites went astray from me, will approach me to serve me. They will stand before me to offer me fat and blood. This is the declaration of the Lord God. They are the ones who may enter my sanctuary and draw near my table to serve me. They will keep my mandate. When they enter the gates of the inner court, they must wear linen garments. They must not have on them anything made of wool when they minister at the gates of the inner court and within it. They must wear linen turbans on their heads and linen undergarments around their waists. They are not to put on anything that makes them sweat. Before they go out to the outer court to the people, they must take off the clothes they have been ministering in, leave them in the holy chambers and dress in other clothes so that they do not transmit holiness to the people through their clothes. They may not shave their heads or let their hair grow long, but must carefully trim their hair. No priest may drink wine before he enters the court. He is not to marry a widow or a divorced woman, but must marry a virgin from the offspring of the house of Israel, or a widow who is the widow of a priest. They must teach my people the difference between the holy and the common, and explain to them the difference between the clean and the unclean. In a dispute they will officiate as judges and decide the case according to my ordinances. They must observe my laws and statutes regarding all my appointed festivals and keep my Sabbaths holy. A priest may not come near a dead person so that he becomes defiled. However, he may defile himself for a father, a mother, a son, a daughter, a brother, or an unmarried sister. After he is cleansed, he is to count off seven days for himself. On the day he goes into the sanctuary, into the inner court to minister in the sanctuary, he must present his sin offering. This is the declaration of the Lord God. This will be their inheritance. I am their inheritance. You are to give them no possession in Israel. I am their possession. They will eat the grain offering, the sin offering, and the restitution offering. Everything in Israel that is permanently dedicated to the Lord will belong to them. The best of all the firstfruits of every kind and contribution of every kind from all your gifts will belong to the priests. You are to give your first batch of dough to the priests so that a blessing may rest in your homes. The priest may not eat any bird or animal that died naturally or was mauled by wild beasts. And there we end, day 245 and week 35.